Good morning, Rick. I'm on my second cup of coffee, so I hope you're ready this morning. Say, you're a lightweight. <laughs> I'm drinking coffee all day long. <laughs> I try to cut it off at like 3.30 in the afternoon yeah. so that I can sleep at night, but I, I don't know how many cups of coffee I have. Today on the podcast, we're going to look more at the temptation of Jesus and explore what can seem to be a contradiction with the idea of God not tempting anyone, and we'll look at the beautiful gifts of limitations. So we're back to talking about regifting. We've mm-hmm. been uh, covering a couple other topics in the podcast the last couple of weeks, but uh, I'm excited to to go a little bit deeper in regifting, particularly since we've got so many small groups that are really investing a lot of time in discussing the sermon series, and we haven't yet done a podcast on this regifting series. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I'm super grateful um, to be able to have this conversation. Um, and you know, one of the reasons is every single one of us who get up and and speak uh, and, and preach and teach, we always want to be able to to communicate what we're communicating better than we know how to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we always want to be able to to say more than we actually have time mm-hmm. to say or the ability to say in, in, in the moment. And I'm just grateful uh, for this as an opportunity to impact some things that hopefully brings even more clarity uh, to, to folks. I, I've gotten a few questions over the past couple of weeks, and I just find myself just really grateful for this opportunity to unpack it more. Because sometimes it's just a challenge to be as clear as I want to be sure. or aspire to be in the well, moment. Yeah. And you usually jam pack your messages with several different uh, yeah. key points to take. So it's amazing that you can't even say everything you want to say. I'm wondering if I'm like packing in too much, but there's just so much that I'm excited about. And and I, and I want to share that with folks, but I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to trim it down a, a wee bit. Well, no, no, no. Clarity is always a good thing, and, okay. and you've got a, a good edge on okay. perception of what clarity uh, means for the listener. Okay. But maybe this is also a good reminder that if people do have questions about your messages or mm-hmm. or things that they wish that you would have said that maybe they didn't get to hear an answer to, that, mm-hmm. uh, that we have an email address set up for people to email in their questions. You That's can right. email us at podcast at autumnridgechurch.org, and we'd love to answer your questions here on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, got a question in the lobby this week. A guy was asking about fasting because we're talking about limits. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Sure. And he just said, hey, doesn't uh, f- you're talking about living within our limits, and I'm for that, but it seems like fasting kind of puts us at our limits. And, hmm. and I suppose that there are um, ways of fasting that would ignore limits, and that there are ways of fasting that honor limits. But one of the ways that I've always understood and thought about fasting is it's a one, it's a recognition that I'm limited. So, like, let's say that I, and I've had times like this in my life where I'm choosing to, uh, I'm going to give up food for a period of time, mm-hmm. and I'm replacing that uh, with a time of prayer, and I'm just really meditating on God and His Word and praying about something in particular. And every time I experience a, a pang of hunger. Um, or I smell something delicious, you know, it reminds me that I'm limited, but I'm trusting on God who's unlimited, and I'm just using that time uh, to focus on Him. I don't think it's a violation of living, um, living within our limits, but it is a, it's a, it's a pretty profound way uh, to practice spiritual discipline. Remember that we are limited, and trust in the God who is not. Mm, so good. 
Yeah, because an element that you really brought out is that living within our limits is a gift to us, and it's Mm -hmm. actually a way of being able to find freedom in the power of God. And and so sometimes to to close that triangle, you drew a triangle of Mm -hmm. the different kinds of limits of what we can do or should do or want to do, and sometimes even making that triangle a little bit smaller actually can help us see God's work in and around us. Yeah, that's yeah, that's totally okay. I'm I'm just I've broken up a long time ago with the idea that freedom equals no limits. That's a that's a that's a negative view of of freedom. I just don't I don't be, I don't believe in that. There has to be there just has to be uh, restrictions. And one of the things that kind of got me on this road, can I nerd out a little bit? Go for you it. Know, studied <laughs> you philosophy, know, I'm always glad to do that. <laughs> studied philosophy in seminary. And this is what kind of got me down this road. How do I How do I understand freedom? There are some just really smart, really, really smart atheist thinkers who were posing some questions that I didn't know how to answer. Mm. Uh, if, all right, how do you experience freedom in heaven? Hmm. Uh, because it seems like you know that you know if Jesus really does make you free, um, and if it's true that Jesus didn't just come to make us Christian, he came to make us fully human. And, mm. and if it's true, hey Christian, if it's true that you're that you're experiencing all that you were intended to be in Christ, and yet you're in heaven and you're never going to sin and you're not able to sin, hasn't God somehow removed freedom? Um, from the equation. Hmm. And so in heaven, you're something less than free, though, though you're really loving it. And so, I mean, that just punched me hard in the brain Yeah, as a young 20-something trying, trying to figure that out. So it kind of set me on this trajectory of trying to understand which, what is freedom um, and just looking at different perspectives philosophically, historically, and biblically. And what I came to see just kind of a survey of God's word is that this is what freedom is, is when what I ought to do or what I should do aligns with what I can do and what I want to do. That's when I'm not just most free. That's when I am so free. I mean, that's mm. when I'm truly experiencing freedom. And in heaven will be the time that I that I experience that, you experience that, all who trust in Christ will experience that. Absolutely. We will always be living at the intersection of what we ought to do, what we want to do, and what we can do. Mm. And the reason that we don't experience freedom in the way that we want to in this life is we know things that we should do. Um, and then... But what we're able to do sometimes falls short of what we should do. <laughs> and even when we know what we should do and we can do it, we always don't we don't always want to. Mm. And so we experience something less than freedom, a kind of slavery there. And then there are times when it's just like, just tell me what the right thing is to do um, because I, I want to do the right thing even though I don't know what it is yet and, and I'm going to do my best to figure out how to do it. But we're just because of the brokenness that that we live in, we can't always just get there on our own. Mm. And so it's one of the reasons that we're so dependent on on God's word and, and his revelation. So right now we experience real freedom in Christ because he did uh, what we should have done. Mm. <laughs> he did for us what we can never do. And he is changing us from the inside out, giving us a heart that aligns with him. And so in him and in him alone is true freedom. And I see that in that passage in Matthew chapter four, and and I wanted other people to to see it too. Don't know if I did a great job of bringing it out and making it clear, but man, there is so much truth, goodness, and beauty in Jesus, mm. and uh, there's just life that is truly life is found in Him. 
I love it when you appeal to your background in philosophy to to help to flesh out some of these concepts. Although I'll admit that sometimes I get a little nervous too. I'm always afraid that uh, that at some point you're going to prove to me that I don't exist or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is one of my favorite kind of philosophy jokes. Uh, I've got a number of favorite philosophy jokes. Almost none of them are funny. <laughs> but uh, there's the the story of the philosophy student who went to his uh, went to his professor and asked him, "Do I exist?" And his professor said, who's asking? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, let's uh, can we shift gears to a yeah. little bit more of a theological paradox? Because yeah. yeah. uh, another good that. nerd topic to go from philosophy to theology. There was something, an, a way that, I don't know if it's the way that you read the scripture mm-hmm. or, or just the spirit was at work or something like that. But when you started off reading this passage in Matthew 4, mm-hmm. it... I could not get past the very beginning of it in verse one, where it talks about that it's the spirit who led Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted. Yeah. And I'm sure I've read that a million times before. Yeah. And something about the way that it hit me this last weekend was just so much more powerful hmm. in in this idea that it wasn't just that Jesus was out there and the devil came along and he suddenly had a, a real trick on his hands here. Yeah. But the spirit let him out. Yeah, I you know it's so easy. The longer that we've grown up in the church and with the Bible, we've become familiar with it, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, familiarity is a good thing, but there's also a kind of familiar familiarity that is not a good thing. That we can almost become not almost we definitely can become inoculated to the stunning, shocking, upside down nature mm-hmm. of God's of God's word. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the things. Like if I if I would have st- if I stood up in front of the church and said, "Hey guys, I'm going to be taking uh, I'm going to be taking a little time off. Uh the elders have, have given me given me a sabbatical, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm I'm going to Vegas and <laughs> God's leading me to Vegas just to be tempted." And I'm going to come back and uh, we'll kick things. We're going to have a brand new message series when I get back in a few weeks. People will be like, this is crazy. Yeah, we've got you our, are a uh, lunatic. We've got our communications director in the room here with us. He's getting really nervous as you're saying that. This what is not is the... a comms thing he wants to address. <laughs> to be clear, I'm just being silly right now. I'm just using using a made up a made up example. But people would say, that that is insane. There's yeah, right? no wisdom in that. This We can't trust this guy. So we're re- the Holy Spirit of God, the yeah. third person of the Trinity, led Jesus, fully God and fully man, into this harsh environment so that he could face temptation while exhausted. Right. It's really an interesting yeah. statement to yeah. think about. No, it's not bad. I had to spin on it shocking. for a little while. Yeah. And uh, I had to look up the word tempted and try to learn more about all that it means and all uh, that it implies. And, yeah. Um, the the most satisfying explanation that I read talked about how the word tempted is the same as testing mm-hmm. or proving, mm-hmm. and uh, for for all of you out there who enjoy baking bread, it's the same concept of like when you prove yeast before mm. you bake bread. You know something to you just, just demonstrate. Lost me. <laughs> You're not a bread baker in your free time. I'm a bread eater. I love it. <laughs> but but any kind of that that idea of. Like we need to make sure that something is is going to work, that yes. it's something of quality. Mm-hmm. It's a chance to give someone a chance to demonstrate their ability, mm-hmm. their capability. That's right. Their, the the quality of what's about to happen, and uh, and that that felt a lot more satisfying to think of God, the Spirit of God, using this as a chance for Jesus to demonstrate 
the perfection of his humanity in this moment. That's right. It's not like the it's not like God the Father and God the Holy Spirit were like, I wonder I wonder if Jesus is gonna make it. <laughs> do you think he's gonna do it? <laughs> that would be a nail biter in <laughs> you, heaven, wouldn't you, it? <laughs> you know, it's not it's not like watching the fourth quarter of a football game and your your team is down by a few points, but they got the ball and they're driving as as time is ticking. It's yeah. not like that. They knew, right? Yeah. I mean Jesus is fully God, fully man. He is not going to sin. He's not going to falter. We need to see. We need to know. That's a fun image. Can you picture the Father and the Spirit up in heaven watching Jesus go through this, just kind of cheering him on, yeah. like, oh, just watch. Yeah, yeah. Watch him do this. Yeah. Well, so as I continued to, to process and think about this, I was trying to figure out where else does it talk in the Bible about this concept of God tempting someone and James 1.13 came to mind mm-hmm. about where it says that when when anyone is tempted, they shouldn't say that God is tempting me because God cannot be tempted by evil, mm-hmm. nor does he tempt anyone. And that felt a little bit like a paradox there, where on one hand, we've got Matthew 4 with the Spirit leading Jesus to be tempted, and yet James saying God doesn't tempt anyone. Mm-hmm. But what was really helpful was going back over your sermon again mm-hmm. To recognize that James is talking about an evil temptation, like sure. you, you uh, taking a sabbatical to go be tempted in Vegas. Yeah, that'd yeah. be pretty dumb. Not good. But yeah. And yet you pointed out that all of the things in Matthew four are actually good things. That's right. They're 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 good. They're good things. Now I don't. And one of the things that I said is, you know, everything that Jesus was tempted to, every temptation is a is a temptation to something good. Um, and that in and then I said invitation. Excuse me. Temptation is an invitation to fulfill a God-given desire in a, in a God-forbidden way. I'm not saying that we're never enticed to things that aren't good, but at rock bottom, what's really going on down deep, down beneath, is a desire for something good and a desire that was probably given to us by God. It's mm-hmm. hardwired into who we are, but we're not trusting. We're not trusting Him, and we're not trusting His way. Mm-hmm. And so that that's what that's that's what's at play there. That that might deserve to be to be fleshed out. And so there's a lot of nuance in language. And so certainly Jesus is being is being tested and and he's demonstrating his quality. With James, I think using the same word is 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 picking up on a nuance. God cannot be enticed to things that are evil. God just cannot be enticed to things that are contrary to who he is because he is holy. And if that gets people kind of wrapped up in, in philosophical questions, I, I I totally understand that. Yes, it's God's omniscience and God's omnipotence and 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 God being infinite in his attributes does not mean that he can just do anything. There are things that God can't do, as mm. in God cannot lie. God cannot cease to exist. God cannot do evil. He's not even enticed to evil, and he would never try to entice us to evil. Mm. He would never do that. You're just bringing back memories of junior high for me when we would sit around arguing about, can God create a rock heavy enough that he can't pick it up? <laughs> yeah, we under, I mean, I, I get those questions and, you know, there, have been, there, there are sophomoric expressions of that. There are really complicated, uh, sophisticated expressions of that. Um, but yeah, there's some things that God can't do, like break his promise to you and to me. And I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, very thankful for that. Well, it felt like this topic had a number of different paradoxes associated with it. So that that idea Mm -hmm. of of the temptation uh, that the Spirit led him to was one of that. Another paradox, though, was actually just kind of 
brought to my attention by the appearance of the awful looking package that we had on stage this week. Okay. And yeah. Can I just say I'm really enjoying seeing this package come out in different it, wrapping paper every week? I don't know if people notice it like from week one to week two that it looked different, but it was different. And then it was obviously different this week. And of course, it'll be different next week. Yeah. Did you add the line about it didn't look the way it did because you wrapped it yeah, this week? I, did someone ask you that on Saturday night? No, 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 no. I just, I just trying, trying to engage the the audience and just acknowledge what's going on. Yeah. So the package looked pretty rotten. Yeah. This, this time it, it, it looked was all rough. crumpled up yeah. and ripped and all of that and and it was. It was helping to serve the point that when we live beyond our limitations, when yeah. we're when we're kind of outside of this this triangle of the mm-hmm. freedom that we have because yeah. of our limitations, that it's likely to just lead to our fatigue, our depletion. Um, we look ragged. Absolutely. You know, if we ignore God's good gift of limits and things that we should and shouldn't do, um, we're going to look. Uh, we're going to look ragged in many different ways. Mm-hmm. If we ignore um, our the good gift of limits that we have on what we can and can't do, we're going to look ragged in many different ways. Um, if we if if we just ignore um, our, our 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 desires and our affections, if we if we if we ignore the ones that we have, we're going to look ragged in many different ways. And I don't want to look ragged. I don't yeah. want to experience that. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to look that way. Well, that fit with the series thesis. If we are the wrapping paper that people have to get through to get to Jesus, that's Mm -hmm. not the kind of wrapping paper we want to be projecting. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And And yet, yet, here's the paradox, right? Because we've talked oftentimes here at church about the importance of being authentic, of Mm -hmm. being transparent. And I would hate for anyone to have walked away uh, from the message feeling like, well, does that mean that I can't be honest about how ragged I feel now? Sure. I mean, what would you say to someone who yeah. who just feels like, okay, well, I'm that's that's my reality right now. I look like that package on stage, and and what do I do with that? Do I have to cover that up? Or? Yeah, yeah. This is this is where this is a really good question, and I appreciate you bringing this up because if someone is is walking away feeling that way, it it might feel like doubly heavy or even doubly oppressive, and I and I don't want I don't want that to be the to be the case. My, my heart goes out to someone who's feeling that way. Uh, and this might be where sometimes just metaphor or analogy uh, breaks down. We don't want to pretend to be something that we aren't. We don't want to pretend that we have it all together. It's okay. It's okay to say, I don't have it. I don't have it all together. It's okay to say, I'm a mess. I mean, this podcast is called Church is Messy, yep. the message of the gospel with the everyday messes of life. We're trying to bring those together. One of our values as a church is move towards the messes. I have messes in my life. I feel most loved by the people who are not intimidated by my messes. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to join Jesus in being generous and loving and gracious and truth-oriented and moving towards messes uh, that 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 are around me. We're not, we're not saying pretend like you have it all together. What we're saying is, when we just say, I'm gonna set my own limits or I'm gonna ignore limits, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna honor God's good gift of limits. I'm gonna just I'm gonna look ragged. And we're just saying, let's don't do that. Mm-hmm. Let's just break up with that. Let's say, let's say no. Let's let's say no to that. I don't don't put too much weight on the imagery. I don't want to preach the imagery. I want to use the imagery to really enhance and not enhance is the right word, but to to, to highlight illustrate. to mm-hmm. illustrate. Um, what we're what we're seeing in Jesus mm-hmm. there in Matthew four, 
Well, and maybe, is that helpful? Do, do, do we get to clarity there? I, I think so, and I think even maybe just this this context of identifying limits mm-hmm. and and the way that going beyond limits can lead to those ragged feelings yeah. um, helps to give us some language for that. So maybe when someone is saying, you know, I just feel like I'm at the end of my rope, this is an opportunity to say, hmm, you know, yeah. how are you doing with some of these limits? Yeah, it, if you're at the end of your rope, it doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. We've talked about grief. We're going to talk about grief this coming weekend. The final weekend of the series is we're we're going to talk about we're, we're going to talk about just really kind of getting honest with our with our weakness and what and what mm-hmm. strength is. And so if you're if you're finding yourself saying I need a little bit more clarity here, hang out with us over the, over the next couple of weeks. Be a part of the be a part of the service. If you live in driving distance, please come. Um, if you're not able to be here, join us on, online, and we're gonna we're gonna flesh that out a little bit more. But you know what it's like to grieve. Mm-hmm. You've been very open with your story. I know what it's like to grieve. When you're grieving, you feel you feel ragged. We're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is a lifestyle of intentionally ignoring limits. That's not what we want to look like. Sure. Yeah. Maybe on the other side of that coin, mm-hmm. though, there have been beautiful moments in my life where God has taken me beyond my own limits mm. to show me his power. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned grief. Like, there were times where I had experienced incredible, you know, I'd even say indescribable peace, mm. thinking of the the Philippians 4 verse. Yeah. The um this this indescribable peace in the midst of very not peaceful circumstances. Yes. And uh and that can be another aspect I think to this gift of limits that when you experience something that you know is beyond your own human nature, beyond what you feel like are your capabilities. There's a, an aspect to seeing the power of God at work that is mm. such a gift. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and I look forward to being able to unpack that a little bit more. Um, I'll dad joke here. We'll unwrap that. Oh, nice. <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Well, something else that uh, that I was thinking of after this message mm-hmm. is it was helpful to think in terms of again limitations being a gift is a good reminder that we're not responsible for doing everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whether it's just being in ministry or feelings I've had of being a mom or wanting to be a good friend to people, it feels like the needs of mm-hmm. the world sometimes are so much greater, so much heavier than what I'm capable of meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this, this concept of limits was really helpful to me in thinking and looking at the life of Jesus in this, that if even Jesus was mm-hmm. limiting himself, yeah, and that's okay, yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't that he was inadequate, yeah. How much more should I embrace that? Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, this requires this requires so much patience. I think wisdom, uh, careful and prayerful uh, consideration of the text and, and and our own lives. There are limits that I just. That I just have to embrace. I mean, there's a limit to how much I can understand. Mm. There's a limit to how much I can do, and that's that's just okay. And I don't need to fight that. And mm-hmm. if I fight that, if I rail against that, then I'm going to just be enslaved to feelings of inadequacy and mm-hmm. insecurity. I don't think that's what God wants for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what Jesus wants for you or for any of us. Uh, and at the same time, what I can do has the ability to grow mm-hmm. and expand. And so if I have the ability to grow in knowledge 
or to grow in clarity or to grow in emotional health, well, then I want to do that, <laughs> right? And so it's this is this is why I say you just got to be patient. You got to be. Uh, it requires a lot of wisdom as we prayerfully uh, and carefully consider um, and consider God's word and, and and ourselves to know when. When should we push our limits and when when should we not? But we're yes, never going to get rid of them. Say we're, more about that because that was something I was trying to discern in my own life. You know, how do you so, – some limits are obvious if yeah. they're physical limitations or, yeah. or circumstances around you. But, mm-hmm. um, but what about some of those maybe fuzzier areas of is this – something that God wants me to add to my schedule. It seems like a good thing, but mm-hmm. I know if I add this into my my life right now, it's going to have to come at the cost of something else. I I feel like I'm living this right now. My, mm. my wife and I have been talking about this um, and just kind of, here's an area where I have to get honest about my about my own limits. When I, when I was in my 30s, I, I kind of stumbled on this way of thinking. I hope it's helpful. And I, and I think of it in the same way. I think about my contribution to the kingdom and my contribution in church leadership in the same way I think about a mortgage payment on a house. Uh, the way the amortization works, you start off paying far more. Your payment is going more to interest mm. in the beginning than it is to principal, right. right? And over time, more of your payment is going to principal uh, than than interest. And so the way the way that clicked in my mind is right now I have far more energy than wisdom, but eventually my wisdom and energy are going to be kind of neck and neck, okay. and then my wisdom is going to outpace my energy. Yeah. And so uh, here I am. I'm in my mid forties now. And I'm discovering my energy is not what it was. <laughs> and I'm having to, I'm just having to embrace that. And one of the things I have to change my sleep and I actually need more sleep. Mm. And I used to be able to get away with less sleep. Um, in my twenties, there was a time that I slept every other day that was way unhealthy, <laughs> way unhealthy, <laughs> way unhealthy. Uh, but it was like trying to navigate being a dad, working full time, and being in grad school at the same full time, yeah. trying to trying to do all that. Not healthy. That was an ignoring of limits. Uh, but I could get away with less sleep. But now I'm finding I need I need more sleep, so I'm not getting up as early as I used to. But I'm discovering that I'm actually more productive, mm. right? And so that there, I'm discovering kind of a sweetness and getting and acknowledging um, a limit that I don't want to acknowledge. And yet when I acknowledge it, life is actually better. And so I'm like caught in that um, that roller coaster. Does that make sense? Are, oh, yeah. are, are you with me? And so you could apply that to all kinds of things in life. For those of us who are parenting, we're cheerleading, uh, we're developing um, our kids into adults as they're what they're, what they what they should do and what they can do and what they want to do. Though all of those limits are all of those boundaries are moving, mm. right? I'm not saying that morality changes. Don't read into that. But you know what's appropriate for a five-year-old to do is very different from a 16-year-old. Um, but oh, but moral standards don't change. But anyway, <laughs> uh, dovetailing. I'm, I'm trying to stop. But, but anyway, boundaries move, right? As you get older, they expand. But also one of the things that, that you got to acknowledge is that as we get older, they actually shrink as well. Mm. And it's good to acknowledge that. I think it's appropriate to embrace that. And I think it's also appropriate uh, to grieve that and let it stoke our hope for heaven and the life mm. to come. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good insight there too. One thing that came to mind as you were saying that is I've, I've been trying to develop 
uh, better attention to spiritual practices hmm. in my life. It goes hand in hand with being the spiritual formation pastor. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and as I've explored in this last year to a whole new level what that means and what that looks like, um, a practice that I've been trying to become much better about, pract- about, about observing is taking a day to observe the Sabbath. Hmm. And and initially, one of my mental objections to doing that is I just felt too busy. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't feel like I have enough hours in the week mm-hmm. to get everything done that I want to get done as it is. I can't quite imagine mm-hmm. cutting an entire day out of the time that I, I use for other things. But I have found so much joy mm-hmm. in just saying to God, okay, this is a day I'm just going to give back to you. I'm not going to do any work. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to focus on on trying to answer emails or return calls or things on this day. This is just a day to rest mm-hmm. and to worship and to feel secure in you and to trust that you're going to carry what needs to be done on the other six days of the week. Absolutely. And I've completely discovered both a restorative nature in the energy I have on the other days, mm-hmm. as well as just a feeling of peace and probably a better orientation towards God to not feeling like it all rests on my shoulders, but on his. This is so good. So one of the things we talked about on Sunday is the gospel, the good news, is both deeply theological and highly practical. Mm. And I think you just articulated that. This, uh, The idea, the concept of Sabbath is highly practical. You, <laughs> you feel far more energized and refreshed and rested. That's super practical, but it's also deeply theological because it intersects with what do you trust most? Mm-hmm. And there is a long line, a long line going back a long time of just really good-hearted, sharp-minded Christian thinkers who have talked about that how we relate to rest and this aspect of limit that God has put on our life is all about what do we trust most and who do we trust most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it we it's not just a, it's a practical thing, but it's not just a practical thing. It gets down to what are we trusting in? Where's our faith? Who are we counting on most? And this is good. This is good. Well, I love the way that limits actually help us to see that Absolutely. more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, fam. Well, this has been a good conversation. I've enjoyed this for everyone who's engaged in a small group. Uh, I hope that this uh, uh, aids the conversation um, for what you're having, uh, what you're experiencing in your small group. For those of you who are attending uh, either online or in person our weekend services, I hope that this is a benefit for you. And as you listen to Sfeya and me talk about this and you just find yourself enjoying it, if you are not in a group, I want to encourage you can have the same kind of experience. It's not just... It's not just geeking out. It's not just mentally nourishing that there is something deeply spiritually rich and nourishing about circling up with others Mm. and being encouraged and being known and knowing them. And so if you haven't done that yet, I want to strongly encourage you to do that as well. Absolutely. Thanks for that, Rick. Okay. See you next week. 